Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. If you have a podcast and you want to get more people to your podcast, if you want to better your hosting skills, make people care about what you're saying, the episodes that you're producing, this is the podcast for you. My name is David Hooper. Bigpodcast.com is the website. Let's get to it. There is a site called Podchaser. It's kind of like IMDb or all music, but it's for podcasting. Basically, it is a database where, in theory, any podcaster, podcast producer, podcast guest is listed. So I'm looking at my page on there, and I see a podcast. It's called 40 Plus Gay Men Gay Talk. It says I'm a guest there, and I've never been on that podcast 40 plus gay men, gay talk. Most of the stuff that I have done as far as podcasting as a guest has been either talking about the music business, which I was in for a number of years, and you could argue that I'm still in it from a broadcasting standpoint, or I'm talking about marketing. So you've got boring marketing podcast, boring marketing podcast, boring marketing podcast, bam, 40 plus gay men, gay talk. And they're not talking happy. Anyway, I'm listed as a guest. And as I mentioned, I've never been a guest on this podcast. Not that I care, but the gay man thing would probably disqualify me. That would be my thought. I bring this up though, because for some people, this would be a thing. I want you to imagine this. You're in a conservative genre where being gay isn't allowed and you're listed as a guest. Maybe you're somebody and you are gay, but you're not out of the closet. And you're listed, Uh uh-oh, my secret's out. So I click on this podcast. The artwork's right there. It's a gay pride flag. And sure enough, I am a guest on this podcast. And I had no idea. Let me give you the description for the podcast. It says, welcome to the only podcast exploring the messiness, awesomeness, and masculinity of being a gay man over 40. Each episode is about sparking ideas, addressing challenges, and diving deep into what it looks like to be a vulnerable gay guy. We talk about stuff us gay guys have a hard time talking about. Man-to-man, masculinity, sex, careers, our bodies, parenting, sexuality, failures, success, and aging. Relationships, coming out, nothing is off limits. Here's the intro for you. This is going to give you a better idea of what this podcast is. Hey guys, it's time to get a grip, stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. So how did I end up on 40-plus gay men, gay talk without even knowing it? I'm going to give you that story in a minute. First, let me explain the basic concept because this applies to a lot of industries, including podcasting. It applies to a lot of stuff that I've worked in. One example where I see it a lot is in the modeling industry. I told this story in my book. If you've read the book, Big Podcast, people come up to me all the time and they mention this. <laughs> so you worked with Victoria's Secret Models? And the answer, yes, I did. I was at a booking agency that did all the bookings for Victoria's Secret The thing that I was doing, though, was voiceover. There was a voiceover division for commercials, for example. There was a modeling division, runway, and also what we called catalog. And there was an acting division. So I did a job with these guys handling their voiceover for them. But 
more recently, how I've been involved in this is that my wife is a Butte photographer. And Butte, if you don't know what that is, that's like a makeup ad. If you were to flip through Cosmo or Vogue, maybe you'll see an ad for something like Revlon, skincare. It's super close up. You can almost see the pores, but they Photoshop those out. <laughs> so imagine looking through a woman's magazine and you've got a Revlon ad there. That is Butte. Super close-up shots of the face, usually. And here's a way something like that works. The client, let's say it's a makeup company, Revlon maybe, they hire my wife and they say, get us this shot. And she works with that client and she works with a modeling agency. They get together and they hire a model for the project through that agency. You might've experienced something like this to work with a booking agent to get yourself booked as a guest on podcast. In this particular situation, working with a Butte model, all communication is done via the agent. Again, very similar to podcasting. Sometimes as a podcaster, because you're the guest, you might get involved directly with that guest. But oftentimes you're working through the agent. They're going to give you talking points, maybe suggested questions. If that guest through the agent is promoting something, they're going to try to push that on you. Hey, make sure you talk about the book. But for the guest himself, they tell the guest, where to be and when to be there. Sometimes the guests don't know where they are going. I have this on the radio more than I do podcasting. Podcasting, we communicate a little bit differently, but a lot of times if somebody is doing a new album, for example, and it's a big artist, major label guy, let's say somebody like Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars is not only talking to me that day. Bruno Mars is sitting in a studio, New York, LA, Las Vegas, and one after another, he is doing interviews and they're connecting him remotely to me. They're connecting him to Atlanta. They're connecting him to Denver. He might have the call letters, the host name, but he knows nothing about what he is getting into. And you hope for the best. You hope that the host knows what he's doing. You hope that the guests can talk about whatever the host is asking about. That's the big point that I'm bringing up here. You as a podcast guest, sometimes as a podcast host, sometimes you know what you're getting into. Sometimes you do not especially if you're working through a booking agency, the main thing you know, again, is here's where to be and here's the time that you need to be there. My experience with podcast booking agents is that they are thinking of churn and burn. All they want to do is book you, money's involved, and they're going to go for these low-hanging fruits and they're going to book you anywhere and everywhere. They don't care where it is. Just something for you to note if you're going to use one of these guys to book you as a guest. You need to have criteria about where you end up. So back to the modeling situation, I wanna show you the parallels of this. Here's what happens. Wife and the company, through an agent, book a model. The model shows up on the shoot and immediately she signs a release form saying that the photographer owns the images and can do anything she wants with them. And the way that that works is the photographer owns the images until she assigns the rights of those images to the company. And that's one of the rights that you get when somebody assigns a copyright to you. You can sell that copyright. You can use it commercially. You can use it for whatever you want. Model gets paid for the job. It's called a work for hire. She is done. And because she signed the release, photographer, and maybe later the company who has assigned the rights to the photos, again, they can do whatever they want with them. This is how you will see a model on the cover of something like Zippers Magazine. <laughs> Nobody goes into the shoot thinking, hey, man, I'm going to be on the cover of Zippers Magazine. I'm going to be the centerfold for this thing. 
especially if you're a straight guy. You don't think like that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a magazine like that. That is honest work. But if you're trying to work your way up in the world of modeling, you can bet that a company like Hugo Boss is not going to sign somebody if they know that you've done something like that in your past. You have to look out for where your name, your likeness, your image is being used, especially if it is controversial. This is Marilyn Chambers on the Ivory Snowbox. If you don't know that story, Google it, but don't do it at work. Google Marilyn Chambers and Google Ivory Snow. It is a fascinating story about what goes wrong when you don't know the history of your model. Or on the flip side of that, it could be the same story where you don't know where your modeling pictures are going to end up. And the same is true for when you do an interview. Let's get back to the gay men, gay talk and how I ended up there. I was doing booking for a guy named Trip Lanier. He wrote this book called This Book Will Make You Dangerous. And if you're into personal development, by the way, look it up on Amazon. It's a great book. This book will make you dangerous. So I'm doing booking for Trip, and I reached out to a podcast host. His name is Rick Clemens. He had this podcast called Real Men, Real Talk. So it's a similar name. Rick is a men's coach. He specializes working with guys over 40. So I booked Trip. I thought this guy will be perfect for Rick's podcast. As we were going through this booking process, Rick saw my signature file in my email. He said, hey man, I think you would be a great guest for this podcast. So we booked a guest slot for me as well. So that's what I did. I booked a podcast interview with Rick Clemens. And by the way, just to be clear, it wasn't a mix up on my part. The podcast that I booked for Trip and also for me, it was called Real Men, Real Talk. Well, fast forward a few months later, Without me knowing it, Rick shifted the focus of his podcast to not just guys over 40, but gay guys over 40. And with that, he changed the name of his podcast. It's the same podcast, but there's a slight tweak as far as who it's for and what the topics are. Again, I want to be real clear about this. This is a non-issue for me. I don't care. I've got no issue with this podcast, being on it. When I saw it mentioned, listened to an episode, I thought, this is cool, man. He's doing a good job with this and there's some stuff that I can learn from this. So I subscribe to it myself. So I've got absolutely no issue with this. I bring it up here to say that it could be a problem for some people and it's something for you to be aware of. This situation didn't bother me and it might not bother you, but there are situations that probably would bother you. It's not just about podcasts, by the way. It could be any endorsements that you do. I've seen this happen a lot, that people get involved with a contract and then they change and they don't want to be involved with that company anymore. I'll give you an example. Let's say that you were all in on the Atkins diet. You were eating only meat, but now you're vegetarian and you want to talk about vegetables. But there's all this Atkins stuff out there. You're online now talking about vegetables, vegetarian, veganism, a different philosophy on eating. And it confuses people. So it could be something like that. My point is that people change and it's good for you to be in control of your image. Three takeaways for you, something to think about. And we're going to go with both sides. Maybe you're a guest on the podcast, maybe you're a host. Either way, you do need to think about these things. First of all, let's talk about if you're a guest. You need to be aware that you are basically giving a podcaster permission to do whatever he wants with the content that you provide, even if you don't sign a release form. And I know there will be some attorneys that will argue, no, if you didn't sign a release form, you can go back and it's your copyright, maybe. But I think if this thing went to court, and I know instances where this has happened, 
somebody has gotten into a situation where they have stepped in a television station, stepped in a radio station, gotten on a podcast session where it is obvious that something is being recorded and something is going to be used for broadcast or for podcast. It's going to be distributed. And then they argue, well, I didn't like the way that that was edited. I didn't like the way that they portrayed me. Even if you don't have a release form, there's an unwritten agreement that you are participating in when you get in front of a microphone. So understand that. That is standard operating procedure for the podcasting and the media industry in general. There's implied consent that happens when you do an interview. Why are you doing an interview? Because you want it to be heard. So somebody who puts it out, and maybe there are a few edits, they are doing what you thought they were going to do, what you wanted them to do. They are putting it out. You need to know, though, that you may be remixed, you may be edited, you may end up on a different podcast than the one that you thought you were doing. I do this all the time. Sometimes I think that somebody's going to be a good guest for this podcast, but maybe it's a little bit bigger. Maybe we'll go into some topics about spreading a message beyond podcasting. And I put it on my sister podcast, which is called Red, where I focus on message delivery through books, through live events, and also through podcasting. This podcast, you don't hear me talk about those things except for the podcasting. So if somebody's doing those things other than podcasting and I follow my curiosity because it's going to be good content for the people that listen to me, I'm going to put them on Red Podcast, not here, because maybe you don't care about those things. If you do, by the way, Red Podcast. Dot com is where you want to go. Bottom line is this though. Once you speak something, it goes into a microphone, it gets recorded. You are giving somebody else permission to do whatever he wants with it. Now let's flip that. As the host, it is good to get guests to agree to something similar to a release form. Before I have a guest on my podcast, when I'm doing pre-interview work, I have an application that I have people fill out to see if they would be a good guest before I make the decision about bringing them in. I make them agree to three things before they do anything with me. One, they're going to show up with the proper equipment from the proper space. If you're going to say it, it's worth recording. If you're going to record it, it's worth having a good microphone so you can record it right. The second thing I make people agree to is that I will edit the interview, not may edit the interview. I let people know that it will absolutely be edited. That's for clarity. That's for timing, not for context. But still, some people come to me, man, I made that joke and you edited that out. Well, maybe the joke wasn't that funny. Had to get to the point why people are listening. Something you appreciate without even knowing it. I'm saving you from all sorts of bad jokes. (laughs) But sometimes the guy telling the joke doesn't like that. And sometimes the guy says something he thought was important. I didn't think it was that important. I remove it so the interview can keep moving forward. Regardless, all edits are my choice and I do not send them for approval. That is the second thing people agree to. The third thing that I can do whatever I want with that interview, including something like what happened with me and Rick's podcast. I showed up for one podcast. He pivoted. I've talked about this here a lot. If you're not pivoting your podcast and changing the direction of it, either you got really lucky and you hit the nail on the head the first time, which rarely ever happens, or you're not paying attention. I believe that podcasts should continue to change and continue to evolve just like you as a host are continuing to change and continuing to evolve. So I don't have any problem with Rick changing that up. The intro, as far as I know, in that old episode is still real men, real talk. 
he didn't shift all those back episodes. What he did is he just included them in the feed. It might be a little bit confusing. You're going to see me as a guest on Gay Men, Gay Talk. But when you listen to it, it's the same content. He didn't try to portray me in any way that's any different from the way I showed up. But being in the Bible Belt, I know how touchy some of you closet cases are. (laughs) This is the God's honest truth, man. As I mentioned, I'm in the music industry. We got a lot of dudes that are hiding out, man. Some of these contemporary Christian musicians. Look, I'm no Sunday school teacher. I'm not going to judge you. and You've got your own thing. But I can imagine that if you're worried about being found out to the point that you are hiding it from everybody, this is the kind of thing that would flip you out. You might be a little bit scared. Oh my God, I'm on gay men, gay talk. They're finally going to find me out. (laughs) How they didn't see it from everything else you're doing, we'll never know. But here we are. Just for clarity, let me go through those agreements again. One, you're going to show up with the proper equipment and from the proper space. Two, agree that the interview will be edited for clarity and timing, not for context, but all edits are the choice of the host and you will not be sent those edits for approval. The third agreement, the host, producer, they get to do whatever they want, including something like happened in this situation, including switching the name of the podcast, including putting you somewhere else, including whatever it is that people do with audio interviews. It's not that big a deal, but it is a reminder for you to consider, one, that all mics are hot, and everything that that mic catches will go somewhere possibly to some people that you would rather not be listening. This third big takeaway, as a host or a guest, be aware that it is easy to get dragged down into the mess of the person you are working with. I have told the story, and I want to be very clear about this. This is not related to gay people in any way. So do not think that I'm equating anything that I've just talked about with this guest I'm about to mention. I have told this story before, though, and I'm going to mention it again because I'm still bitter about it. It is a man that I call the Christian pedophile. We did not know, I hope this is obvious, when this dude came in, what he was doing. He was a manager for a well-known Christian speaker. He was a Christian author himself and had had a career for 30-something years. He played the game, slapped you on the back, quoted Bible verses, had a smile on his face all the time. And that was what he presented to us. However, he was doing some things like molesting kids at the church camp. And when we found that out, we immediately yanked his episode because I do not want to be part of revisionism. That's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. You can have a guest who goes out and does something stupid without your knowledge or maybe after you've interviewed him and you get dragged into his mess for having associated with him. You think about all these celebrities that we know that have been affiliated with Harvey Weinstein. One of them, the guy who started Victoria's Secret, Les Wexner. That's how Harvey Weinstein got started. He managed Les Wexner's money. Harvey's dragging a lot of people through the mud. Maybe they're guilty of something. Maybe they're not. The point is that who you associate with can help you or it can hurt you. So it's something for you to be aware of. That is guest and that is the people who interview you as a guest. Sometimes things happened. You know, Sherry O'Terry from Saturday Night Live? I had a guest. He killed her father. Murdered. I left that one up because that was before he went and did that. 
So I'm not opposed to somebody making a mistake after I interviewed him. It just so happens that I've interviewed a guy who's a murderer. I mentioned being in the music industry. I've done so many interviews with guys who have been arrested for drugs or domestic issues and that kind of thing. That's kind of part of the game. No guest is perfect. And sometimes you're going to get in a situation like that. However, when I feel that I've been dragged into their mess or when I feel they've dragged me into it, where there's a revisionism tour, such as the Christian pedophile, and I'm helping to perpetuate an image that is not true, then I get pissed. And that is my advice for you. If you know going into something, that's where there's a problem. If you need to do something after the fact, but you don't, that's where there's a problem. If you find out they did something beforehand, you didn't know and you've gotten dragged into it, that's when there's a problem. But again, no guess is perfect. Sometimes people make mistakes after the fact. Use your best judgment on that. The flip side, you not being a host, but you being a guest, is when you take an interview, let's say somebody like Howard Stern, where you get on there and all of a sudden this guy's going to ask you about sexual partners. It gets you into a conversation that maybe you should not be involved with for your long-term business or personal strategy. It's something your wife, your husband, somebody's going to find out about and you think, oh man, I'm in trouble now. Shouldn't have said that on the air. Don't get dragged into that mess. Keep your calm. There used to be a show on television called Blind Date. Do you remember this? This is the early 2000s. Late night television along the lines of Cheaters. (laughs) One of these independent syndicated shows. And Blind Date was in Los Angeles. They would wire up a car, wire up certain places that they would send two people to, and they would watch a blind date happen. And there'd be pop-ups, kind of like pop-up video that would make kind of snarky comments. And I saw a few of these, and probably nine out of 10 of them, quite a bit of them, they would end up at the hot tub, like a hot tub place, <laughs> rent by the hour, right? And there's booze involved, and it's total reality show type stuff, right? It's the kind of thing that they are setting you up to fail. And I remember catching it late one night and Ryan Seacrest, you know him from American Idol. He's got Casey Kasem's top 40 show now. He's the guy who took that over. Ryan Seacrest, he dated a woman. And this was before he was famous, but I kind of knew who he was because I knew about radio and I knew what he was doing. I'm not sure when they had exactly taped this, but this guy was probably the only guy who kept his head about him in that kind of situation. I know three or four guys that have been on The Bachelor, same kind of thing. You have big opportunities when you say yes to big media. You can play their game, maybe get a little bit more airtime, get a lot of attention quickly, or you can use this media to continue to spread your message and have a long-term career. So think about it. You've got your message, you've got your reputation, you wanna get it out there. It's another reason for you to get clear on these things. Something to think about, whether you are a guest or a host, know what you're getting into. And if something changes and it's bad, fix it. But maybe like this situation with me and Rick, go with it, man. You know, it's a cool story. It's a fun title for an episode. Let me leave you with a related story. (laughs) I was thinking about this when I was talking about the photographer thing. And it involves gay people and photography. So it's a nice final thought for this episode. A nice way to wrap things up. I was living in Memphis at the time. My buddy, he was up there in Memphis with me. We went down to see a friend of his. She is in Jackson. Jackson, Mississippi, especially back then, kind of redneck. Not a very cool place to go. We say, hey, we want to go to the club. All right. 
Where's the coolest place in Jackson, Mississippi? Gay club. So we go there. Having a good time. I'm in music school. I'm 20 years old. I got long hair, dude. I was hip. On the dance floor, dude comes up to me. He says, hey, I'm doing a photography project on Native Americans. It's going to be a book, and I would love for you to be in it. He wants to take my photograph, right? (laughs) He liked my hair. Thinks I'm Native American. That's what I thought. And I tell him, I said, well, I'm flattered, but I'm not Native American. He said, I don't care. (laughs) I said, no, thanks, man. (laughs) Not interested. The point is, it's not that big a deal when somebody asks you to do something or mix-ups happen, or maybe somebody thinks you're one way, but you're not that way. Who cares, man? We are all presenting this image. The only thing that we can do is present it and hope that it lands. Sometimes it's going to land. Sometimes it's not going to land. Even if you do everything right, sometimes people are going to be confused about who you are. You interviewed the wrong person. You had the wrong person interview you. You were on the wrong podcast. So what? Go with it. Fix it if you must. But 99% of the time, it's cool. It is not that big a deal. People move on and nobody cares. So that's it. Final thoughts. Thanks so much for listening. If you want more from me, thoughts about marketing your podcast, getting more people to your podcast, growing your podcast, having a big and excited audience about what you're doing, do this. Go to bigpodcast.com. I've got some episode templates there, plug and play plans that will work for you to create great episodes for your audience. Got some great marketing stuff there. And I've got a way for you to subscribe to this podcast there. Bigpodcast.com, three buttons. One for iPhone, one for Android, one with an RSS feed. However you get your podcast, I'm going to get it to you. And I'm here all the time. I would love to help you grow your podcast, spread your message, and make the world a better place. I appreciate you. Appreciate you listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of Build a Big Podcast.